Welcome back to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic podcast. We're again, just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. I want to make that slogan happen. I want it to stick. You really want that to become a thing. Well, it's only the second time I've said it. Right. In a month apart, so don't make me sound so thirsty. It's a for good it. Isn't, like, isn't it like three times a habit or something? Like, three times is? I think that's the trick. Well? That's what they tell you like when you're quitting smoking. Maybe next week. I think it's a great slogan. I think it's t-shirtable. It is t-shirtable. Pinnable. Definitely stickerable. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we, should think, we should think seriously about this. First Issue Club comic book podcast. Uh, we cover first issues every once in a while, talk about them at the end of the show, get mm-hmm. into news earlier. Mm-hmm. This podcast, I, you know what? I'm not going to exclusively say that if you have a neck beard, you're not going to enjoy this. I think... We are pro-pregnant joker. Let's put it out there. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. If you embody a neck beard, you might not like the show. If you have a neck beard... That doesn't necessarily mean the, you embody the neckbeard energy. That's exactly right. So this show could still be for you. It's like, uh, you know, everybody who doesn't enjoy this show has a neckbeard, mm-hmm. but not everybody who has a neckbeard right. doesn't enjoy this show. I have plenty well of said. friends who have soul patches, but that aren't magicians. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, every pedophile has a mustache, but not all people who have mustaches <laughs> are pedophiles. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The subway guy was clean shaven. <laughs> It's it's true. <laughs> Guys, I'm fresh off an eBay purchase, and I got to talk about it. Let's hear it, baby. The returning segment of eBay Updates. eBay Updates is Spelled back. with an E on both of them. We're going to workshop the title and come eBay up with something more <laughs> creative there. In any case, had a handful of X-Men books that I was watching. Um, a guy had put in the description of all the comics that he listed that he won a, like a massive lot from a estate sale or something. Mm. So he doesn't really know what he's doing selling the comics, but he's like, just so you know, be patient with me as I figure this stuff out. Computers are hard. <laughs> he he's sells, not wrong. He's got, he's got great reviews, so I feel confident at least ordering from him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two of the comics that I was interested in, one of which being the first binary appearance nice. in a 9.4, mm-hmm. and then the book that immediately precedes it, which is kind of like more of an origin of binary story that leads up to that in a 9.2. Both of these... Mark Jewelers inserts. Both of these, obviously, you've got someone more amateur listing the items. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopefully they're not listening to the show. How how far do you think our reach really goes, Greg? (laughs) If he Googles comic book podcast, are we on page one? Yeah, we're at least the top ten according to uh, Screen Rant. Um, In any case, yeah, didn't put them in the title or description. It's such a small demarcation on the label. Mm -hmm. What'd you take them for? Uh, I got the binary for $45. Okay. And the book immediately before it for 35 Both Mark Jewelers. Both Mark Jewelers, both free shipping, both above wow. 9 grade. Wait, are they slabbed? Yes, they're slabbed. Dude. Dang. Yep. Yep. You fleeced him. You fleeced him. Great deal. And he said he's putting up more? Yeah, he's listing more comics. I'll share the... Uh... <laughs> You'll seller, share it with me, so I go broke with too. You guys uh, privately. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, anything anything Mark Jewelers is tough to get below a hundred bucks. He had almost everything else as a Canadian price variant. Those are tough to find too. Those are heating up for yeah. sure. Yeah, the, and and UK variants, UK yeah. price variants too. This is people looking for more like niche things for their collection. There's also Australian price variants. Oh, really? I've never seen one of those. Yeah, I've, I, when I was doing my CLZ yesterday, there. Where's um, some different options for an Australian pricing variant? Wild stuff. I know that particularly, I don't know about Australian, but the UK and the Canadian books Mm -hmm. are printed during the same print run. Mm -hmm. So people think of those as proper variants, not necessarily like a second print run. Which is why when you see those Mexican issues of comic books, those sell for like a largely diminished value than their U.S. counterparts because they've been printed like a year or so later at yeah. least. Hmm. Or my uh, Russian Spider-Man 127. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> did I bring that in for you guys? No, but you told us about yeah, it. Yeah, you did. So I didn't realize when I bought it, but it's like three quarters comic book size. Oh, no. Also, it's, a little, like, it's a little guy. It's like this size yeah. of this little whatever trade that I've got here. But... Yeah, it's funny. I think I'm going to have Roy Thomas sign it at Comic-Con. Oh, cool. <laughs> My name is Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. I want him to write, like, hey, comrade on the front or whatever. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. 
Uh, Mike, can you talk about the recent thing you found out about your collection that you own a thousand dollar book you had no idea about? So this is a whole, this is another um, segment we're revisiting, which is discussing CLZ. So what I did was I integrated with Cover Price, Mm -hmm. which is that third party like valuation app that ties into CLZ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like six fifty or something like that a month, which is a little too rich for my blood for the entire year. But I figure, hey, why don't I do it for a month? See what my collection's worth. Pull out anything that's over like seventy, eighty bucks into a top loader, just so it's not sitting in. So a you can have it safe. short box getting spine rolled or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did that with a bunch of comics, but there was one that is a random Usagi Yojimbo comic that said it was worth $1,000. And I thought, this can't be real. <laughs> um, but I went on eBay, and it looks like one was sold for $1,035 um, about a month ago. Wild. So something has sold online, and th- herein lies a potential problem with this application that could be yeah. easily exploited. Mm-hmm. And Andy had a very similar experience with this, yeah. with a comic book that you own that just like is is kind of rare, doesn't come up often, so it sells for $400 at one point, and it says you've got a $400 comic book, right? Yeah. The next one, maybe a year later, sells for 50 bucks. So what now? You know what I mean? So I was going to talk about this on the Patreon, but I'll talk about it now. Yeah. I I bought a 9.6. If you remember back to our Patreon listeners, I brought that Marco Rudy Moon Knight one variant. I found a really good deal on one on eBay slabbed in a 9.6. So I bought it for $41 and I tanked the market of the Marco Rudy Moon Knight (laughs) number one variant. <laughs> they ruined it for everyone else. It's wild. So CLZ now lists that book as like a forty dollar book, oh, raw, whatever, no. because but, there wasn't a sale price exactly in between the two. But if you go look at eBay listings, all of them are over a hundred dollars. Yeah, like I just found one that was at buy now for forty one dollars, and I was like, "Yep, have to do that." He, he, he priced it wrong. He was like, yeah. four hundred and one dollars." I swear he priced it wrong. So theory. So this is not. A issue that CLZ has. This right. is an issue that Cover Price has. Mm-hmm. That they aggregate sales from third-party sites like an eBay. As an example, I have a copy of UFOology number one. Is a James yeah. Tinian book. Yeah, I've got that too. That was like. Is a, that worth anything? Well, I have a like a one in one hundred cover. Oh. And I've like never seen it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I bought it for cover price. Yeah. It's just a random thing. It's not worth anything, mm-hmm. right? No one knows to look for it. No one cares about that comic. Yeah. Let's say, Andy, you and I decide, okay, I'm going to list this book on eBay. Uh, buy it now for $800. Yeah. Andy, Don't, don't you... give away our, our technique, Mike. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> Andy then buys it for $800 uh-huh. and just gives me the money directly back or mm-hmm. however that, yeah. however I'm saying it. I'm, I you, messed it up. You've but... now got an $800 book. Exactly Ver- right. Verified. So you've got the CLZ or cover price rather yeah. is now going to list that comic mm-hmm. as eight hundred dollars because no one has sold one like right. on eBay in months, right? Isn't that called profiteering? So now you can list the same comic again. Yeah, but it's legal because I'm an individual person and not a company. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly right. I see. Okay. Exactly right. So you can create a false market for a book by selling it between yourself or a friend. Yeah. It's called price fixing. That's price fixing, sure, yeah. yeah. Gas stations do it all the time. Wink, wink. <laughs> no, they don't. They do. So not a new concept, but it's something to think about with the way that those sales get like integrated into cover price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That this comic book I have, it could be a complete aberration that one sold for $1,000. Right. I could list mine on eBay and make five bucks. Let's do it. Let's see how much we can sell this thing for. <laughs> well, and yours is signed. That other one was raw. And remarked. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have yet to hear back from that particular seller <clears throat> about my generous offer. <clears throat> $25 cash money. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Cash in hand. Yeah. Cash in hand. <laughs> it's it's a little, the book is a little bit sentimental to me because I got it signed and, yeah, man. and sketched on. If it's if it would actually sell for a thousand dollars, fuck yeah, I'm gonna sell that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I truly doubt that that's the case. I would love to meet Stan Sakai and get a signature from him. I think yeah. I could. I think if I listed that book on eBay today for five hundred dollars, half that price, mm-hmm. buy it now, same condition as the book that sold on eBay. I don't think anyone would buy it. I disagree. It's just the only. That's the only s- sale I could come up with in sold items was the one book. Well, that's but that's what I mean. I think Usagi Yojimbo fans are rabid. Yeah, and I. I They're think, rabbits. <laughs> They're rabid rabbits. <laughs> I don't think you'd have a problem selling it for five hundred bucks, especially signed and remarked. Because I was saying I would sell, I I would trade that book for a uh, Phoenix first appearance. Oh, for sure, in yeah. like a second. Dude, and that book in like an eight goes for. That's like why you should take it to Planet you this should. year <laughs> and find one and be like, hey, would you do a? You really a should. Trade? You really, really should. I bought it at Planet for five dollars. There you go. And that person's probably kicking because I knew you find that Usagi Ujimbo was there, but. That's the thing. I don't. Th- I don't. I honestly don't think so. I think it's just a normal variant. No, man. Pull pull up that sale on eBay and be like, "Look, I've got a signed version of this. Trade me your Phoenix. It's a bargaining chip." We'll report back later. You don't listener. have to feel bad about fleecing somebody at Comic Con, Mike. I will support you. I just. I think they're fleecing people all day. Yeah. I th- well, that's the thing. I think these people are privy to these odd aberrations in. Mm-hmm. Sale sale prices. Yeah, that's their job. Right, to spot the abnormality. Yep, just like my doctor. And it's your job to convince them to do that trade. <laughs> You've got to be a better charmer. You got to <laughs> roll a nat twenty on that. That's right. And convince them otherwise. Your boys will back you up. Mm-hmm. We'll be right there. We'll be yeah. like, oh, I'll give you fifteen hundred for it. Yeah, Str- oh, d- stranger. D- d- Two thousand, sir. What do you want me to? Do? I don't know. Okay, think about it. That's all we want to do. <laughs> that's all we're saying. Think about it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I have some new, some comic book news, some stuff in the industry going on. On your printed piece of paper? On my printed piece of paper, because Let's... I was worried my phone was going to die, because I didn't charge it today. Let's hear it. And so, I'll be rattling off some news hits, and I want some general general reactions from the club. Uh, Boom Studios has announced that Season Have Teeth, a brand new four-issue horror series from Homesick Pilots writer Dan Waters and Anthony Bourdain's Hungry Ghost artist Sebastian Cabral coming to a comic shop near you this April. So I'm excited about that because Homesick Pilots fucking ripped. Yeah. Yes. And everything on Boom Studios is phenomenal. Yes. And that Anthony Bourdain comic has been on my Amazon wish list for a long time. The art looks sick. The artwork was crazy about it. It was crazy. Yeah. We read it. I think we covered it on the show. Hungry Ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it good? It wasn't bad. I don't think we liked it. Hmm. It was a weird concept, but it wasn't yeah. the worst thing in the world. Yeah. The art I've seen in it looks awesome. Well, good. <laughs> it's going to be good. And you're going to go in April and pick up this book. What's it called? Boom Studios. The Season Have Teeth. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Sold. Weird title. Strange to say. It sounds like it's like... A mistype. A mis- yeah, misprint. I had to read it twice. The Season Have Teeth. You're like a real newsman here. With your uh, printed papers. I'll try to do it in my uh, news voice now. Dynamite has more bond for fans of the Super Spy. This time, critically acclaimed and best-selling author Philip Kennedy Johnson. What? What? Here's my... I'm not going to hear any of this. (laughs) All I hear is bippity-bop-bop-biddle-boop. Okay. Let me try it again in normal Greg voice. There's a new Bond book coming out from Philip Kennedy Johnson and takes on the character in a new comic series just in time for the 70th anniversary of uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, it's the f- the film series 70th anniversary. Yeah. From my uh, I mostly bring this up because Dynamite has been killing it with the Bond series. People are loving it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's writing the current run, the current limited series, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And he's going to be doing this one as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm stoked for it, as I'll say the resident Bond guy. <laughs> I love this piece of news. The guy who's writing the thing will remain writing the thing. <laughs> well, it's no, a new it's, a new, it's a new thing because it's a limited series <laughs> yeah. and it's a new series coming out. Yeah, Fantastic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Everyone's excited for Loki Season 2 coming out this year. And uh-huh. to uh, piggyback off of that, Marvel is releasing a Loki miniseries where he has to go to the different realms of the Marvel Universe to reclaim secret weapons he has made to uh, take down certain heroes so they don't fall into the wrong hands. Oh, so it's Marvel Tower of Babel. Yep. That sounds pretty sick. Mm -hmm. 
It's from Dan Waters again and artist uh, Jermaine Prelta. Sure. And it is out this year in, I want to say June. Yeah, June. Is that around when Loki season two comes out? I could only speculate. They just want like a random Loki book to be out at the same time. Why not? It's called Synergy. Yep. Brand (laughs) Companies thrive on it. definition of. That sounds like a fun book. I'd read that. Four issues, not a bad investment. Yeah. Um, you know, the creative team is great. Uh, hopefully they can piggyback off the energy of the new Loki season. They'll see, people will see a new Loki number one, and they'll be in there clamoring. Yep. Moving on. Writer John Ridley's Black Panther run is coming to an end, mm. and picking up the reins will be Eve L. Ewing. Nice. With Stormbreaker's artist Chris Allen uh, with the art. E-viewing rips. Yeah, so this is a brand new series picking up uh, later in June. Nice. I like this news. This is the first actual news. I believe the <laughs> one before this was also new. All of these have I'm been just, news to me, to me. To you. To you, okay. Yeah, exactly right. This is the Mike D section. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't cared about any of these other headlines. Okay. This is the first one I'm interested in. Have you in. been reading the John Ridley Black Panther? I tried reading it. Mm-hmm. It was like spy, espionage. It was fun. Mm-hmm. At least that's what the first arc was like. Yeah. And then I kind of stopped after that. Some new characters were introduced that are um, getting some heat from the industry. Uh, This run recently has taken on some controversy because there was an issue where Captain America just beat the ever-loving hell out of T'Challa. Sure. (laughs) Because uh, Black Panther stepped out and did something kind of on the outskirts of right and wrong, uh-huh. and Captain America being the Boy Scout that he is, couldn't stand for that. And so he just beat the shit out of Black Panther. And people are taking some umbrage. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's too bad Jason Aaron's Avengers is coming to an end, because I'd like to see that play out in the pages of the Avengers. Well, we still have a few issues left. I mean, it ends mid to, to 2023, so yeah, we may see those comeuppance. When you say people are upset about this, do you know if that's comic book readers or if that's just people who don't read comics who are like captain america beat up black panther no so what uh, the articles i was reading weren't from like fox news or uh-huh. you know any like cnn people it's it was like comic book people, reference sort of places well it, it was even just comic book fan reactions on the social sites that i okay. follow and they're just like this seems out of character really for both of these yeah. superheroes uh-huh. and so and it really was kind of a visceral couple of pages of just Captain America just becoming a little bit unhinged and just kind of taking out some frustration on uh, T'Challa's face. The imagery was kind of striking and I think, you know, purposeful on John Ridley's part. But Some, um, of, that, some of that stuff, though, specifically with Captain America, like, I think back to Civil War, and obviously it's way different because it's not Captain America beating on a, you know, it's, it's him beating up Iron Man mm-hmm. as opposed to like Civil Black, War, yeah. Black Panther, mm-hmm. but you know, in Civil War, they kind of show him like going to town on Tony, but then like mid fight, he like kind of quits and mm-hmm. gives up because he's like, "This isn't who I am. This isn't what I'm about." Right. So, and this was not the case. <laughs> yeah, if it didn't do that, it doesn't really serve that purpose. Yikes. Yeah. So, um, people are stoked about it. Mike D included to have Eve L. Ewing on to helm. The new Black Panther series. Y'all, 2023 is the summer of the symbiote. <laughs> and no better time to kill off the Venomverse. Spider-Man had his Spider-Verse with all his Spider-Man doppelgangers coming in from different multiverses. And Venom is no different. But it all has to come to an end sooner or later. And it's ending uh, this summer with Death of the Venomverse. Mike, I'm sure that really resonated with you. There's not much of a Venomverse. They had a whole series called Venomverse. Colin Bunn wrote it. I don't know if I read it. Well, you're not you're not a big a goop guy. You're a webhead. <laughs> I read Venom, but yeah, I'm more of a I more read Venom as like it's a major Spider-Man tie-in more than I'm like obsessed about all the symbiote stuff. But when I think about like yeah, there's different versions of Spider-Man that they've set up across different multiverses. And I know, like, there's just tons of characters in 616 that have had the, or have worn the Venom suit before, or some form of it, but I don't know, I can't name many other, like, characters that have 
been in multiverses. Mm, maybe need to read more Venomverse. I think maybe like uh, the stuff with Eddie Brock in space will be kind of resolved as well. I think the symbiote's going to get kind of pared down from where it's at right now because everyone pretty much has a symbiote. Yeah. I mean, Hobie got his back. Yeah. And if you if you take Venomverse as like the symbiote verse connectivity of like yeah them sharing one like mind shriek and agony and carnage all, yeah mm-hmm. all those fo- you know toxin i um, like that better than saying there's like it's a multiverse thing yeah with that they're just copying spider verse mm-hmm. yeah so yeah maybe they just break the hive mind or something and everyone is yeah they untraceable make, well or they make the symbiotes you know, valid again right like there's a hundred venom offspring oh and, right like, yeah yeah, like Mike said, everybody's had a symbiote. So, like, mm-hmm. what does it matter at this point? Maybe having a symbiote will matter again mm-hmm. if they kill off all of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every kid getting a trophy at a softball game. Yeah. What does it mean anymore, honestly? And lastly, ending out the news, we got the Bonehead of the Week. The Bonehead of the Week Award, and that goes to Marvel Snap, who was recently criticized for trying to celebrate the Chinese Lunar New Year in the game, but it only celebrated Japanese heroes. Dope. Bonehead of the Moo <laughs> of the Week. <sighs> Marvel Snap, what are you doing? Swing and a miss, Marvel Snap. Yeah. Does Marvel have... I can't think of any like Chinese Marvel heroes. I'm not, not going to pretend to name them off right now, but I know that they exist. And if it's your job to make a lunar Chinese lunar event True. <laughs> on your game app, maybe do a little more research than uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a day of Wikipedia could have solved that problem. <laughs> could have solved it pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And that's all the news I have, boys. All right, let's talk comics then. What are you reading? I'll go first. So recently with my boys, <laughs> we... <laughs> We went out to the shops, and I didn't get this in a comic shop, but I did get a comic. Um, I got Captain America Ghost Army, mm-hmm. which is a new Marvel OGN by Alex Gratz and Brett Schoonover. Um, <laughs> Greg and I, before the show, were trying to decide if this is a young adult graphic <laughs> novel. <laughs> I think we came up kind of undecided, but... Um, it's not like... if If the... It's not Captain America solving word problems or doing math. No, and like teaching how like phonics or anything. Yeah. But like if if the key, if the line is like if this is adult, there's like violence or like vulgarity. I mean that's not gonna be a Captain America book anyway. But yeah. I mean the sentence structure definitely lends itself to new readers. Yeah, yeah. It's not complicated. <laughs> no, but in like comic books really aren't to begin with. Yeah. So it's a fun World War II story. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America and Bucky are teaming up again. Yep. You know, they're kind of young kids on the front line. The fun part that I thought of the first chapter, again, it's an OGN, so I only read the first two chapters, uh, making my way through it. But the first chapter plays off of the real-life idea of a ghost army. So during World War II, the Allies hired, like, poets and artists and, and actors and musicians and all those guys to make fake armies. Mm-hmm. And they called them ghost armies. So they would, you know... Play like giant speakers and stuff. Yeah, to make it seem like an army was bigger or like, oh, they've got this giant Air Force stationed out here or, you know, tanks or whatever. Anyway. I didn't um, know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I actually just read an article about, okay, so to veer off a little bit, I read this article about this woman who stayed in like this chamber that devoids all sound. Uh And like the urban legend is if you stay in there long enough, you go crazy because you can hear like your blood move through your veins and your heartbeat or whatever. Yeah. And they gave the backstory of why these rooms kind of exist, and then it went back to the world wars of, like, they wanted to test these speakers to make these ghost armies to see if they could be convincing enough to sound like larger-than-life armies yeah. coming towards the uh, enemy lines. And uh, I so that's how I, I knew about what a ghost army was and how they uh, did it in real life. Yeah, there's a lot of great video out there of people, like, they would have big inflatable tanks Right, yeah. So there's, like, a lot of great videos out there of a dude, like, just picking up a tank by himself and, like, running it down a football. Anyway. That's funny. So they play off that idea in Chapter 1, and then in Chapter 2, there's actual Nazi ghosts that Captain America and Bucky <laughs> have to fight. It goes full Scooby-Doo. It does. It does. Um, and Baron Moto's the bad guy, so I'm sure Cap's going to go give him a nice sock to the jaw. A nice what? Nice what? How? Yeah. Um, 
but it's super fun. You know, the art's really engaging. I really like Shunover's art. Yeah. Um, he does that kind of cl- classic Captain America look really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a couple episodes ago about like Darwin Cook and yeah. and um, um, Dan Mora. Dan Mora. Some of those guys have that. You know, it almost toes the line of like cartoony, whatever, but it, it works super well for this, um, both in terms of time period and uh, material. But it's really good. I'd recommend going to get it. If the full price is only fourteen bucks for a full, mm-hmm. you know, OGN. It's that nice little like three quarter comic size, so it's good to sit on the couch and kind of flip through. But I'm absolutely loving it. That's awesome. We really don't get a lot of uh, stories of Cap. Back in his golden days, yeah, fighting Nazis and uh, other World War One and Two villains. Yeah, I love any story where Cap is punching Nazis. It's absolutely my favorite. <laughs> yeah, automatically bumps it to a three point five out of a five. Uh, seriously, any any Invaders story that Marvel puts out, I eat it up. And when Zdarsky wrote Invaders, ugh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Ugh, I have some killer old Invaders covers that are just so rad i love yeah. the way they just depict the like kind of propaganda look yeah man of some of those characters and <laughs> I, honestly fun. i wish marvel would put out an ongoing of invaders just in, like an old story in the time period like yeah new stories during world war ii with you know namor wearing the speedo and the original human torch and toro and all that stuff i wonder how that would sell because people like us would be really into that yeah I just don't know. You just kind of wonder, like, the, the mm. wartime stuff has appeal, especially characters like Namor. I think, like, any Namer. any dad wearing his white K-Swiss will tell you, World War Two and World War One are always fascinating, and I want to <laughs> always watch those History yeah. Channel documentaries and read about it all the time. Yeah. I just, anyway, it, the story's great. Yeah, awesome. The, the subject material's really fun. It's a nice, nice, fun twist that they included, like, the real life inspiration behind a ghost army inside the book. So I'd recommend it to anybody out there. Yeah. It's like connect four good for ages eight to 80. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's sick. Uh, I read immortal Sergeant from Joe Kelly and JM Kin Namara. Uh, it's the same, uh, team that did I kill giants. Oh yeah. And so I'll read you a little blurb here on the eve of his unwelcome retirement. Jim Sargent, a.k.a. Sarge, a grizzled old-school detective, catches a break on a murder case that's haunted him for decades. Unfortunately, Sarge must drag his anxiety-riddled adult son Michael along for the ride, or risk losing the lead forever. Can this dysfunctional duo overcome their own hang-ups, blind spots, and secrets to catch a killer? Now, this is a limited series. Be advised that this may read better in a trade form. But the first issue was a ton of fun. And it basically just paints the picture of this old grizzled sergeant of a police station and how he is teetering towards retirement and feeling like he's been replaced or not good anymore. And so he's kind of like this alcoholic, grumpy old man. And like the blurb said, he catches a break on a case. And book one ends with like getting the voicemail from his son saying he's coming to visit. And the dad just being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, what am I going to do now? It's just a lot of fun. And um, I Kill Giants was one of those books where you thought, you know, you're getting one story. And it really takes a hard turn yeah. and hits you right in the feels. And then I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this one is as well. So that's why I'm all aboard for this. I loved I Kill Giants. So I'm, I'm really excited to read the rest of Immortal Sergeant. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I Kill Giants was insanely good Mm -hmm. and the movie was good too did you guys see the movie yeah it was really good so dope i think people forgot that a movie came out about it yeah super good i keep telling tara to watch it because it made me cry you know what i'm a man enough to say it hell yeah dude yeah i i didn't i don't think i knew there was a movie Mm -hmm. have you read i kill giants yeah yeah the movie's good you should watch it hope you cry Ooh, streamers streamer alert (laughs) stream I also read White Savior out on Dark Horse by Scott Berman and Eric Wynn, and it is exactly what you think it's going to be about. That is a Asian American, uh, like young twenty something, who is just trying to live his life in America as an Asian man, and he is helping taking care of his grandpa, who keeps telling him of this ancient story of his people 
about this white savior, this white colonist who came and helped save their village in a time of need, i.e. like The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Ah, yeah. And so the son plays it off of just like, no, that doesn't happen. Like, no no white man came to help the samurais. Like, I'm a history teacher. You, there's nothing is written down about this. Like, it's just, and the grandpa's like, well, it's a, it's a word of mouth thing. Like, each generation tells the story. And the grandson's just like, well, then it's definitely not true if it's just like some story that's being passed around. And um, the son eventually goes out and gets some food for him and his grandpa. And during that, he's mugged by these bullies or whatever. And then he tries to chase them down to get his wallet back. And he stumbles down a stairwell and then finds himself back in feudal Japan during the time of when the story that his grandpa was telling yeah. uh, was taking place. And then at the end of the book, you get to see that the white savior character was real and a fucking drunk jackass. Of course. And so uh, it's going to spill it from there about how this young man either ended up back in feudal Japan or hit his head and he's just imagining all this or, you know, how he saves the tribe from this drunk white idiot. And the book is hilarious. There's a, a ton of humor in here. It's very, very good. The white savior name is going to maybe ruffle a lot of feathers because that is a hot take and that is a, a, a hot button for people. Yeah. Um, but if you're willing to give it a chance and really open yourself up to it, it's going to be, I think, a really fun, engaging read. Sounds like a blast. So it was, it was, I was like just chuckling to myself the whole time reading this. It was yeah. very funny. Mike D, what did you read? Okay, I get my comics later than you guys. I want to make sure we haven't covered these already. Sure. <laughs> uh, know Your Station. I covered it. I loved it. Super oh my good. God, it was so fucking Thank good. Thank you. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Outer Space Murder Mystery. I don't know if we compared it to Sentient at all. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, I think the computer did it. I think the computer did it too. <laughs> Ditto. Yes. Did you read the first well, two issues? No, I've only read the first one. Second one's out. Ugh, this kills me being a month behind. This is like the... no. This is fun though because we get yeah. to revisit old uh, issues. It's only Teenage Wasteland. I covered it. Yeah. Okay. I loved it. Also, really good. Fuck yes. <laughs> hey, what publisher released this? Uh, Dark Horse. Dark Horse and Boom. Know Your Station was Boom. It's only Why Teenage Wasteland. Your eyebrows. Publisher of the Year. Yours was Boom. Yeah. No, Your Station was on Boom. Oh, it was. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You're with her wagging your eyebrows like, uh-huh, told you so. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. Millhouse, calm mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that there's, um, I don't know if we covered Damn Them All, which was a Cy Spurrier book at one point. We didn't. But I just read the second and third issue of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a crime family astral plane demon mm-hmm. thing. Will from... they, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, aspect of the crime family and like inheriting that power and yeah. how do you use those things in the... Uh, it's really cool. Cy, like I said, Cy Spurrier writes it. He's such a fucking good writer. Yeah. Um, There's a foil variant of that first issue at Clint's right now that I eye every time I go in. I might have to get that. Now. Oh, it's like, um, what do they got going who for? Who did the cover? Danny, maybe? I don't know. Danny did, did do a cover. I don't know yeah. if it's the foil one. I might have it. It's just cover price. Mm, but nice. I don't know if it's a $10 variant. Ah, I see. I, I also caught up on Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Which introduced the uh, Harley Who Laughs. Harley Who Laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> which was really fun. They did it in a very on the nose sort of way. Mm hmm. They brought in Old Lady Harley. And a ton of other Harley variants. Throughout the books, every Harley that got introduced to the idea of alternate Harleys was like, so is there like a mermaid Harley somewhere? <laughs> is that what you're like? It was like infinite possibilities. And in the last splash page of like the two-story arc, uh, one of the characters that f- flops into the scene is a mermaid Harley. So there's a lot of just like fun, cheeky jokes like that throughout. <laughs> it feels like... A spoof on Spider Verse. Oh sure, yeah. So it's like a fun take up on that, while also like staying unique enough to be, like it validates its existence in its own right. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, that so. Harley Quinn book is just phenomenal. I'm um, excited for Sweeney Boo to get in there and do the mainline art. That's that's a book that I've secretly wanted them to do an absolute version of. Well, they probably will eventually, because it's been so impactful, mm-hmm. right? Like. This specifically this last run. I'll email to DC. Let them know. Yeah, thanks. The Vargas cut. <laughs> oh God. Anything else? 
I've been catching up on a lot of my different series that I've been reading. I'm trying to think if there was any other big standouts. Have you read any more Dark Web? No more Dark Web. Crushed 10 issues at once in one sitting. Ooh. I enjoyed the experience. I thought it was great. I caught up on that Ant-Man Al Ewing mini. Mm-hmm. That was fun. It was, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, four issues, quick to get through. The Wasp just came out today. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I got the Dodderman cover. Hell those yeah. Donnerman covers are popping off on eBay, by the way. Yeah. And I think we've been collecting those. Some are regular price, and then some are ratio variants. That bothers me that there's some yes. of them that end up being ratios because then I can't get them. I can't get them until um, Midtown does a sale. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I missed the Emma Frost one, and it's a 1 in 25. Boo. That Rogue one is impossible to find. Yeah. That was yeah. That's like uh... I think it might be like a one in fifty on like a low print run, Excalibur. Mm-hmm. I see it listed on eBay for two hundred dollars, and there's no way no, we're not doing that today. <laughs> I'm nope. gonna commit to that. Hey, that plus eight hundred bucks will get you a Usagi Ujimbo. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll I'll keep everyone posted if I end up um, trying to sell that and see what happens. But did you ever read Chroma? No, that's like a bird skeleton, like a human bird skeleton hybrid thing. No, the covers make you think that, but it's about a pale city in a world of color, and they're combating one another. Issue three came out. It's so fucking good. There's only it's only four issues. Hell yeah, dude! Oh, I okay. Can I also shout out? Um, yeah, make it quick. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> X-Force and Wolverine, the two like Benjamin Percy books that have been going, mm-hmm. sure. have been phenomenal lately. And those are two books that I think have been good throughout their runs, but they're really hitting their stride because we're really leaning into Beast being a bad guy a now. A bad guy, yeah. And it's starting to get to a point where it's just like he's doing so much stuff that there's going to be a comeuppance soon. Him and Young Sheldon, I mean, <laughs> they're the real villains of their series. So I I do I do think that 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 book's gonna pay off in a major way. I finished Defenders Beyond, fantastic, it's mm-hmm. good stuff. Yep. I read the second issue of Doctor Strange: Fall Sunrise. Got six pages in and said, well, "I'll just look at the pictures." <laughs> <laughs> that timeless one shot you mentioned it like a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. That was so, so fun. Fucking good. Yeah. That, that book just exists to be fun. Yeah. And I love that Marvel like is using a book. To highlight the books that are coming out for the year, yeah, as like an important, like it's like a, a trailer, it's like a sizzle reel. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> I think it's I, brilliant. I really liked when they did those point one issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were so cool. You know, because they released them around Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, three ninety nine gets you a preview of like the year in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do that more. I also love that because I own two of the ones that is a, yeah. officially. <laughs> The first appearance of Kamala Khan yeah. as Miss Marvel. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Take that, those collectors. Are, yeah, those are really fun books. Do it more. Yeah, Marvel, make comics fun again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like the structure of that statement. <laughs> just seems, the, It's just too Donald Trump still. But you like the sentiment. But I do like the sentiment. <laughs> okay, last thing. Sorry, God. We're, we're just uh, we're shorter Shy on time than, than usual, so... We'll stretch it a little bit longer. Um, you covered, I think, Plush on mm-hmm. Image Comics a couple of weeks back. I just read the second issue of that. And? I love it. Yeah. I think that series is really fun, too. It's very cool. When you were describing it, I remember being like, is it too, like, gore? I mean, it's, yeah. Visceral and disgusting. Yeah. There are cannibals in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no lovesick. But it's handled in a way that is cartoony and silly mm-hmm. rather than, you know, makes your insights curdle. Yeah, it's the same way that, like, you can see uh, Bugs Bunny getting smashed with a giant hammer yeah. and, you know, be totally fine with it. It's just done in a way that kind of subdues the reality yeah. of violence. This is this book is, and I, don't, I can't remember if we mentioned this on a previous episode or not, but is, like, the third in a trilogy of their, like, that mm-hmm. creative team's, like, materials Vinyl, plastic, now. and plush. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, wait. They're going for a theme here, folks. I don't know if they're going to 
keep on with that or if this is the last one. Oh, I hope but they keep going. I love it because you just know what you're getting into with yeah. like after having read vinyl. It's like plush feels yeah. the same sort of way. So if you liked one, you're going to like the other. After plush, it's chrome. <laughs> <laughs> Cars that kiss. Suede. Suede. Oh, corduroy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Windbreaker. <laughs> Crushed velvet. Windbreaker. <laughs> now we're just naming clothes. <laughs> I've got I've got another number one that I read. Yeah. And I wasn't really going to talk about it because it's, it's pretty niche. <laughs> it's the Bible? No. God, yeah. Can I take a moment nope. to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? <laughs> no. Um, it's pretty niche even for this niche podcast. Oh, we'll be the judge of that. I read Hammerfall 1. That's the metal comic from- Yeah, from Opus. Opus, yeah. Uh, and How was it? Uh, um, I was less excited. I bought- it basically out of obligation <laughs> to the metal lords. Yeah, because that's the other half of my personality is heavy metal, <laughs> and the half is comics. So like a heavy metal comic, <laughs> put them together, yeah. you get a Vargas. I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot more hope for the Keeper of the Seven Keys Halloween series mm-hmm. that I have all three issues of and haven't read. But Hammerfall was it was pretty fun, but it's pretty goddamn straightforward. There's, Good. That's what you need. There's a knight with a hammer, and he has to rid the world of evil. Bing, bang, boom. 30 pages later, <laughs> you've got a comic book. <laughs> One swing at a time. I mean, that's pretty much it. He's fighting zombies the whole issue. Um, if you're, There are Hammerfall, the band, references throughout the comic because it's their comic. There's two more issues to come out. If you want kind of a straightforward, like, Night kills zombies story, and there's a little bit of revenge story tied in there. Um, it, now, it might be for you. I are guess. the Hammerfell references like song titles? Yeah, <laughs> there's like lyrics and song titles, like Fuck. in the dialogue. Yes, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I want that 100%. <laughs> exactly, but like it only works if you're a super dork like uh-huh. me and you're like yeah. i want my dialogue to have heavy metal <laughs> the lyrics the characters in, in the comic books even look at the like look at the person reading the book when they say like the name yeah. of the song just like huh uh, uh. remember that jam <laughs> that's that's exactly what this is Hell like yeah. it's a wink and a nod to everybody who knows exactly why they purchased the book do you think your interests of comic books colliding with your other interests normally turns out good or bad no, because the ALF comics sucked. <laughs> I feel like it's normally bad. Because normally those things are uh, a weird outside, mm-hmm. like I'm not used to writing in this medium sort of thing. Yeah. But we want to bring X to comic books. Yeah. If it's if it's gimmicky like that, yeah. they never turn out well. Right. It's right. like... Um, the Star Kid or the Ray Shrimmer like book they did for yeah. Dynam- or the, for Valiant. Yes, there was the week. Yeah, the weekend was the Star Starboy. Starboy. Like yeah. when, you tr- when you try to shoehorn that stuff in, mm-hmm. it it does seem disingenuous. Yeah, but when it's done organically, like I mean, I mean, there there is no better pairing than heavy metal and comic books. Because yeah. growing up and when you're young, enjoying. Specifically, heavy metal and comic books, you're kind of seen as an outcast. So, like when those two link up, you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, yeah, two things that I kind of, you know, gravitated towards for comfort are coming together. Like, it's like when Pizza Hut put hot dogs in the crust. It's mm-hmm. like everyone's <laughs> gonna have a good time. Yeah, and that's exactly what this Hammerfall comic feels like yeah. to me. It's like because I started reading comics by buying zombie comic books. Uh-huh. I was interested in zombies and zombie media, and I was like, oh, zombie comic books, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, 25 years later, I'm all about comic books. This feels like... <laughs> Less so about zombies. Well, I mean, zombies are fine, but, like, <laughs> comics are better than zombies. <laughs> but... First issue club, hot take. <laughs> comics are better than zombies, sure. Yeah, put it down. Um, but But this feels like that, where it's like, Oh, these are two things that I like. It's it's jelly and peanut butter Hell yeah. on a sandwich. So it's it's not gonna win any awards. It's not Watchmen, but like it's plenty of fun. Yeah. It's Watchmen to somebody. Sure. It probably <laughs> is. There's some dude whose entire studio apartment, let's be honest, is covered in hammerfall 
posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he, this, is, this is the first comic he's ever read. Yeah. He's going to love this. Mm-hmm. Does Hammerfall still make music? Yeah. They're they're still, so they're still active? Still cranking out Does albums. Does Halloween? Yeah. Actually, they put out an album this last Dude, year. what the fuck? Halloween still rips. They have two singers now. You can hear all about it on the Onslaught. Uh, tune in. Because <laughs> they're going to cover it there, not here. We did already. Hell yeah. Oh, that's red. I've never, I, don't, I think I've only maybe read one sports comic book that I've ever liked. Was it NFL Super Pro? Sports comics are so bad. So, uh, unfortunately, it was not Vargas. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Vertigo used to do, they, they brought back those old, like, sports slash fantasy anthologies that were like, oh, what are sports in the future going to be like? Oh, yeah. yeah. And BattleBots. When they read up that series, it was kind of like, a goof on the old mm-hmm. vintage sports comics that always sucked. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was fun. Yeah. Is, was that, like, weird sports tales? Or was that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, you nailed it. I've dollar binned some of those. Yeah, those scenes. are, those are, that's a fun series. But anyone who tries to do a sports thing really earnestly in comics, yeah. It's, it's been tough for me. With the exception of Do a Powerbomb, right? Well, well, I think what Mike D is saying is like if they did a book about like Peyton Manning, like or like uh, like oh real, that seems like, like a cash in like yeah. real life yes. people in Got comics, it. like that yes. is a no go. Yeah, right. Okay, like a Usain Bolt comic would fucking suck. Yeah, a, an autobiography comic about a sports person is not Mm-mm. inherently good. Mm-mm. It can't be. No. But the Patrick Mahomes comic book is going to blow off the show. Oh, I'll buy oh. two. Has it? <laughs> has want any, that Peach Momoko cover? Has anyone read the um, Andre the Giant graphic novel? I've heard that's good. I haven't read it. Same. Uh, I, I do own the Ric Flair comic book that just came out. Because <laughs> oh he self-published it, and Scout, I think, has picked it up. <laughs> when you say he self-published it, I'm... <laughs> nope. Ric Flair, the Flairman, like... Made a comic publishing company and made someone write a book, and so someone else wrote it. Yeah, no, thank like, God. Okay. No, I don't think he had much of an input on what this was. Okay. Is it called it was... Woo Publishing? Oh, it should be. I don't think it was, but <laughs> but Woo takes up like half the page yeah, though, just the whole bottom. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it was it was it was fun because it wasn't autobiographical. It was just like yeah. Things Ric Flair would maybe do, like that he didn't do in already. See, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, I want to read Ric Flair astronaut. Okay, but like, okay, but you see, it, it this goes back to like earnest and like money grab because like the WWE comics that are on Boom, yeah, like those are fun, but they're real life people. I guess, but they're portraying characters that they've created. Yeah. So it's not like it's not a hokey the, cash grab. It's just like yeah. continued adventures in the land of WWE. Well, yeah. My thing is, so like, I love sports history stuff. Like thirty for thirty. Yeah, exactly right. Like, imagine if someone had pulled off making that. Um, what was the Jordan documentary called? Uh, it, Last Dance. The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. Imagine if someone had done that in like graphic novel format. And did like the see, but but that's the back thing. and forth in time telling Michael Jordan story. Mm-hmm. They, they, you could you there's a version of that that's very riveting, yeah, in a graphic novel format. But I just haven't seen anyone do it right. But that so that's the thing you have to like like thirty for thirties are interesting because they find interesting parts of sports, yeah, not just like hey, remember how good Peyton Manning was at yes. football. Right. Like, that stuff is boring. That's mm-hmm. kid stuff. I don't want that. Well, and also, like, Peyton Manning's got to sign off on this, right? Yeah. So you're not going to get the, like, trials and tribulations or, like... The bad know, parts of the Peyton ba- Manning. The bad parts of Peyton Manning, right? Right. And that was the thing that that's part of what made The Last Dance so good. Obviously, they painted Michael Jordan in a way more positive light than they could have. Yeah. Well, he was a producer on the show. Yes, that's right. But I think... Given him being a producer on the show, um, he did show at least some restraint in letting them like talk about his gambling and mm-hmm. talk about how he was a dickhead in practice and right. like let people give those honest takes. Like it, it made for a more compelling story that way. Yeah, and you just often the the actual people they're depicting are too close to it too much of the time. Mm-hmm. 
But I get what you're saying. I think if you found something like like the Tanya Harding story, yeah, it would make a great graphic novel. Totally right? would. But you got to find those like yeah. slices of sports mm-hmm. that that make an interesting story first, mm-hmm. and then turn it into a comic book. Like my friend Dahmer, right? It was like the real life story of Jeffrey Dahmer as a kid. Yeah. But it's compelling because we know the aftermath, right? right. It's yeah, not, we know what he turns into. Yeah, it's not just like some dude being weird. It's like, it's like if they did a prequel to Frankenstein's monster, but it just follows the corpses that eventually turn into Frankenstein and like their lives. Yeah, or Dr. Frankenstein in med school. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's kind of weird. It's like, why is he stitching those different frogs together? That's weird. <laughs> I called him Mega Frog. We could, write, we could write a sports comic book. Let's do it. Let's do it, fellas. If anyone knows of a good one, and we, I just oh, haven't yeah, heard of sure. it before, like- at us, I would love to hear. I would love to get some sports comic book recommendations. Absolute NFL Super Pro. <laughs> For the last time, Andy. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> NFL Super Pro Omnibus. <laughs> Guys, before we end this thing out, we are dangerously close to 300 episodes. We are within spitting distance. So we got to get the mind cranking on the fun 300 celebration. We, we read 300. The book or just 300 comics? No, the book. We read 300, 300 times. Now there's a story. <laughs> write a comic about that. 300 minute long episode. About the comic 300. Yeah, that's right. Three, 300 minutes is how many hours? Uh, Like two I'm and like, a half? No. More than that. More than that, bud. Six and a half? You can Let do him. this, buddy. Let him go. <laughs> Let him let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> Folks, tune in next week to see if Greg finds out how many hours are in 300 minutes. We've had a blast talking to you today, covering some first issues and some breaking news that entertained everyone in the club, and no one was bored. <laughs> so until next week, remember to bag and boredom. I'm Greg Lichtai, signing off. Just Greg gets to sign off? Shut up! <laughs> First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Lichtig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club. 